Hello everyone and welcome to the Two One Show. A show for the 21st century youth, where we card productivity, wellness, and human condition. Can you subscribe and leave us a review in the direction you find your podcast? Also send us a mail at info at the 21show.com. You follow us on any of our social media platforms at the Two-Man Show. Thank you. So in this episode of the show, we have our very first in-studio discussion where I get interviewed by Teresa on the topic of productivity. We take a strange look into how the productivity equation needs to be changed. We clear some myths that people have about being and even staying productive. Then again, we take a look at how powerful productivity can actually help us in achieving our goals. We take another look into the laws of productivity and finally we look at how inculcating the elements of fun into everything that we do can help us be productive and also stay productive. Stick and stay with us when we are back we have the conversation rolling. Yeah. And then, so, so basically, that's what you're talking about. Today, you want to talk about how to have um, a productive life lifestyle. I know most of us um, are already productive in what we do. So, just, just as, just as you said, productivity is um, outputs of our time. That is to say, um, if you're given something to do, how fast or how, or the amount of time you can accomplish that tax. Um, I mean, uh, the amount of work you can have divided by the time you can do it. So, for instance, um, having this podcast, we can, I'm sure someone can do all that we are about to do today in, in like 15 minutes, but maybe it's going to take us 45 minutes. So, in terms of productivity, because the person did all that we, we are going to say today in 15 minutes, other than us doing it in 45 minutes, the person will be considered more productive um, than as sitting here so i think that's basically about um productivity so what, what you said actually um comes to play that productivity is actually the amount of work that you're going to do over the time that you spent in actually doing it but i want to ask you a question i know i'm not supposed to but the question would be how would you rate productivity is it how useful the tax is or you think because it's just a person working is working. So would you wait, for instance, someone who is just busy, I mean, beating drums outside his house, I commit to someone who's busy reading, reading um, or gardening, which one would you consider as more productive or which, one would, which, which of them would you consider as productive? I think basically being productive is about maintaining an average speed. Okay. And not maximum speed over everything or lots of Okay. Oh, okay, 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 sure. So um I think you are yeah you are sort of playing right into um what I want to talk about today. So today I want to talk about 
I mean, I have a twist to this, and this is a personal twist. So that is about it. So the twist that I actually have to the productivity equation we talked about, about um, output over time, is that I want to add the element of fun to it. So now it's not just output over time. It's not just within a garden over two hours, but it's now within a garden over two hours and having fun at it. Sure. So that is what I want to add to it, the fun aspect of productivity. Basically, people are not productive because they think what they have to do is not actually fun. Like, for instance, I I believe um, someone, if you've never had any stint in podcasting, maybe you think, oh, I'm two people sitting down talking. Then, But then the moment you put some element of fun into podcasting or let's say singing or anything that you want to do, let's say you want to go to the gym, anytime, the moment you adopt the fun part of going to the gym every morning and not thinking you you have to be lifting bars and all of that, you, you realize that you don't want to miss a day of not going to the gym. Not because of you, not because you want to be like the next Randy Orton or you want to be like the next Bobby Lashley or anything, but it is fun to you. It's actually fun for you to actually go to the gym because your friends are going to be around. There's something, maybe you have a, a physical, um, attacks you've given yourself so they just the insight of you being able to finish all those stacks that's what makes you a productive person so now today i want us to take our minds from um the fact that productivity is just output over time but we want to actually go output over time multiplied by fun so i don't know whether i'm free to actually roll today yeah sure Actually, people have a lot of myths on productivity. Sure. I want you to take us through some of the myths of productivity. I want to have an element on that. Okay. So we're going to talk about the, the myths of productivity. Actually, today we are going to have uh, all this I'm talking about. I had planned to have a video of all these on, on a Skillshare um, okay. thing. Share thing. So it's more so much broad, but um, on the on the video itself was going to be strategies, was going to be one principles, the theoretical aspect of productivity. Then we're going to have strategies, how you can implement all these things that we talk about. And then we're going to have the final part, that is, that's the tools. And the tools, the tools will just be um, things that are going to help us do all these things that we put in place. Like for instance, let's say an app that reminds you to do what you wanted to do in a day. So that, that, all those who fall under the tools. I'm going to merge them up. So anything I talk about, I'll talk about in terms of principles. I'll talk, I'll talk about that same thing in terms of strategies. And if there are tools that can help, I want to talk about that same tools on it. So um, before we come to the myth, one thing I also wanted to ask to just put our minds on is this thing that I read in a book, I think we shared on 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 book club, or I think it was on the eight or something. I, I have to recheck. And the book is about make time. And in the book, the author says that I think it's Austin Cleon. And Austin says that uh, in make time, uh, he links all that we do to things that we see around. For instance, what he actually chose was the myth, not the myth actually, but the scenario of a plane and a pilot. The plane and the pilot. So what Austin said in the book is that our life is divided into two things. He says, um, actually, 
in the morning when someone wakes up, you have two things you can actually fall into. It's either you just go with the flow, like just walk around doing nothing, or you sit down in the morning and plan the whole day. So what he does is that he does this in two parts, the pilot and the plane, where the, yeah, the pilot is you, the person in question, having to sit down where at times where you have the clarity of mind. Sometimes maybe in the morning where you haven't actually looked at screens, where your, your mind is so clear and all of that. You sit down and then you plan what you want to do for the for the most part of the day. So you plan, you want do this at 3 p.m., do this at 4 p.m., do this at 5 p.m. And then for the rest of the day, you just you are the plane just executing what you had already laid down in the morning or in the evening or whatever time you think you have the clarity of mind. So um, Austin says that in the book, normally about 15% of our time, we play that role as a pilot. Yeah, about 15% of our time, we play that role as a pilot. And then about 80%, we play the role of the plane. But then there will be a missing 5% if my my math serves me right. And then that 5% is the, you being the engineer. So now, instead of Austin's two parts that you play, there's the pilot and the plane. I want to add the element of an engineer. Okay. So, so what the engineer actually, the part the engineer plays is, let's say, finding things that will make, will make you a productive, make you a productive person in the day. Like, using your phone to give you um, messages every one hour that you have to go somewhere. So that would be the part of the engineer. So the role of the engineer is that uh, he finds ways to make all that he does in the in the whole day productive. So every so every minute, every hour, everything that he has to do, he just goes ahead and then do it. Well, with these two equations in mind, the first equation being productivity, being equal to out useful outputs over time multiplied by fun. That's the first the first equation. And then the second equation would be the second equation would be what Austin puts in his book make time about a person playing three roles in a day. A person playing three roles in a day. The first one would be you playing the role of a pilot where you sit down at the beginning or any day that you have the clarity of mind, you sit down and then you, you plan your day, what you have to do at every point in the day. That is um, the first role you play. Second role is where you play the role of playing where you are actually doing the work that you want to do. So in the morning, let's say... Um, Tell you that you planned that you go to the market at nine. So at nine o'clock, you don't have to think about what you do at nine o'clock because in the morning you had already planned and wrote, written them down what you wanted to do at nine o'clock. So at nine, you are now playing the role of a plane, just executing what you already planned. But then Teresa might want to, okay, because I might forget, I want to actually put it down on my phone. That my phone should remind me of what to do at nine o'clock. That's where okay. she plays the role of an engineer. So with these two equations in mind, I will revisit them with any points that we get to. So now I think I can move on to your question about the myth of productivity. It's clear to oh, you. Sure. Oh, okay, sure. So now I can really well understood. Okay. So now I can um, I can now move on to the myth. But then this productivity thing that we're talking about, it all started from where companies in the mid the mid nineties began to pay their workers, they began to pay their workers based on what they can do, the, uh, the usefulness of them to their company. 
that's how they began to pay them. So the company coined um, a, a theory about productivity. Now, let's say if I hired Nanayao to, um, let's say, lay bricks in my company. Now, I would pay Nanayao based on the number of bricks Nanayao can lay in a number of hours. So that is how productivity was coined in the, in the mid, mid-90s. So the number of things that you can do in the limited time that you have. So I employ you for two hours. Okay, so in that two hours, what can you do? Let's say you can wash 300 plates at a restaurant. So then you are paid based on the number of plates that you're able to wash. So that's how productivity and all those was coined. But then people or all of us, myself included, we, and I don't want to come across as if I'm, I'm some productivity guru or anything, but we realize that all of us have some myths about productivity. So who's, what's, what myth do you have about productivity? So what comes to mind? If you want, if, you, if you've ever wanted to do something that you've not started before, what are the things that comes to mind that scares you from doing it? Okay, so people think they have to actually get some high morale for the work. Mm-hmm. motivation. And if that doesn't come, they wouldn't start at all. They, don't, they wouldn't even attempt the work itself. So that's, I think, basically okay. one of the first things. The people also think that as they start, other people have to cheer them up for them to continue the work. Okay. And they're not, um, they would like to actually comment them um, if you are doing well on that. So like every day, this you get, you get good praises and all of that. Yes. So okay. if that praise doesn't come, it means the person has to stop the work or people are not maybe okay. enjoying the, the work. So, oh, okay. 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 I think, I think it sounds just about right. So, um, they're going to talk about three myths met, of um, productivity. And then the first myth sure that we normally have, normally have with um, productivity that we think we don't have time. So the first myth that we have of productivity is the time myth. Yeah, the time myth where we think we don't have time. So you want to actually start carpentry. You want to start art. You want to start photography. Normally people think, that, oh, I do a nine-to-five job. So, I mean, I don't have time to, like take pictures of people and edit them, edit them, retouch them, and then they giving me feedback, having to really work, really do all that I have to do. But then I think um, not having time is actually a myth because if, I believe if you, I mean, if you're motivated to start, you would, you would, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. If if I give you um, 7,000 cities every day to, to actually go for a jog, would you not go for a job? Sure, everyone will. Sure, everyone will. And then, um, because we think uh, we don't have time, normally we eventually don't have time. But imagine if I said, okay, fine, I'm going to give you 2,000 cities every day to, let's say, clean the whole house every every day. You would. So then what would stop you from cleaning the house on weekends? Yeah. So I think one myth that people have is, is the myth of I don't half time but actually i think what the when, whenever someone says um they don't have time what i actually think is that the what i hear from what they said is that what they are doing do they have a, they haven't set a priority for what they are doing okay. yeah what they are doing i mean it's not it's not it's not on the top notch of what i mean what they want to do yeah so let's let me let me let me let me take us to a breakdown of a typical day i mean my typical day 
before I learned all these violent all this productivity stuff. Let me a, t- a typical my typical day. When I wake up in the morning, I just I'll just before I learned about I'll just be there watching or let I would just be watching YouTube videos on on um, photography. Mm-hmm. And I could watch it for like 5 a.m. to like 7 a.m. Then I'll just take a shower and I'll go to work. Sure. And then so it's my typical day is that if I'm even to go to work at nine o'clock and I'm not the kind of person that goes to work early. So if I'm going to work at nine o'clock and let's say I go to work from nine to five, uh-huh. it means it's just like um seven, eight hours out of the day, out of the 16 hours that we have. I mean, if that's even if I sleep for eight hours. So it's so now we so now I have close to six hours more. So let's say traveling and all of that takes like um an hour, an hour and a half. Let's say, let me say two hours. What it means is that I have four hours to just hang around and chat. So, okay. so if I'm supposed to read a book and I think, oh, reading is not reading is not my, my thing because I I don't have time. What do I do with that four or three hours that I have? I don't know whether I get a scenario. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So that is with a myth of 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 um not having time, the time myth. But one one lesson that I want us to take is that um the sooner we realize that we all have time and then the day or our days or our time is in our control, the better we're productive at so many things. Okay. Yeah. Because you need to realize that I mean the day your days or the time is in your control and not in anyone's control. The sooner you realize time is in your control, the sooner you you'll be happy and you'll be able to do a lot of things. Because I remember when I started photography, people were like, okay, fine. So how do you do all this? Because you do photography, you help a church, you do this, you do that, you do that. How are you able to balance time? But then it's the same thing. I what we are saying about the um, myth of not having time is not to say that indeed you have time or not. Yeah, indeed no one has time. And then the fundamental truth is that no one has time. But then instead of you recognizing that you don't have time so you can't do things is is what that's what we are actually talking about i rather spend 30 minutes reading a book and sleeping even on the book than just scroll, scrolling on um, instagram for 30 minutes you realize that how many of us scroll on instagram for an i an id so many of us we're in a car we're scrolling on instagram we are home we're scrolling on instagram so provided you scroll on instagram 50 uh, 50 minutes every day that is 350 minutes every week, which can also be used to question, to, I mean, do something or or just learn a trade or okay, so something. From what you just said, it means we all have a lot of time, just that you've not set our priorities right. Sure, sure. We all have a lot of time. And I think one thing, one, one thing of the tools that I want to end with the myth of time is that I want to give all of us, let's all of us, let's have a, have an assignment for ourselves. I want all of us to actually track what we are doing with our time for a week. Just let's let's start tomorrow. Like tomorrow is Friday. Let's start. Let's track what we did with our time every hour, every day. Let's take the hours we sleep from the time we wake up. Let's say seven to eight. I did this. Eight to nine. I did this. Then you realize that. I mean, don't don't hesitate. If you scroll on Facebook, it's for you. Don't come. Don't give me the results. And then look at the number of time that you actually spent doing nothing. I mean, something that is nothing. So please, um, that's that's one assignment that I want all of us to actually um, hold on or let's, let's see if we can do it so that we'll be able to track what we do with our time and then see what we do um, with all those times and see whether we have time or not. So the second myth is also the motivational myth. Yeah. And um, I think I've actually even shared this on 
I mean, a bit of this myth on on the show, and the motivational myth is where that's where you were talking about with yeah. um, having inspiration and all of that. So I think sometimes we, I know we fall into myself included. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to come ac- come across as if I'm some productivity guru or anything. But I, I was even telling my brother this morning that me that I sleep for these long hours and then, but then um, one thing I've realized is that sometimes we in our minds we think we need to be pushed to actually do something. I mean, we need to get some inspiration. Let's say I have an inspiration to start a makeup business. That's when I started a makeup business. But I think one thing that we actually um, are seeing when we use this excuse is that we, are, we lack discipline. Okay. Yeah, we lack discipline because um, there's an article by this blogger. Um, this blog is, I think, is a wisdom nation. Um, it's a wisdom, but just have the nation on it. And then uh, the, it says, sorry for the word, it says, screw motivation, discipline is all you need. And um, in this article, they, they try to link motivation as an abstract thing, something that doesn't exist. Because if you want to, for instance, go to the gym every morning, you don't need motivation to take you to the gym. Actually, what you need to get to the gym is just walk and go to the gym. The part where motivation comes in is where you set a target for yourself. So let's say I go to the gym today. I pay um, 200 cities at the gym. I'll be motivated to go to the gym every day because I've paid 200 cities. So what I did was that I didn't wait for motivation to tell me to go to the gym. What I actually did was that I just walked to the gym, paid an amount of money. And because I don't want the money to go waste, I'll keep on going. And by keeping on going, what it does for me is that it keeps me, it keeps me healthy, one. And I also don't lose my money because we are all scared of losing money. I, I don't know whether you are not scared of losing money. I am scared of losing money. So I think what the article says is that you don't actually need motivation or inspiration or whatever to do something. What you actually need is discipline. Just wake up at five o'clock, go for that run. Just start up, just start up the business. It's more like this podcast. When we started, the, the first day I did the the um, intro to the podcast, I I was like, how am I going to how am I going to keep this thing going? <laughs> how am I going to keep? Because I didn't, I didn't have a single topic in mind. But then look at look at us now. We are fourteen episodes after the intro, so it's not about um. You sitting there and thinking something should push you to do something. But now what you actually need is just set up and then go and just go on and then motivation would find you afterwards. I want us to look at yeah. mm-hmm. sure. Um before I come to the third point, something quick. Um I wanted to also say I'll just give us a scenario of how when we were in school, I don't know, but we are today is um we're in the ninth month and today is the 17th or something. Today is the 17th, yeah. I don't know how many of us have missed going to work. I mean, missed a day at work. There are so many of us who have never missed a day at work. The, the whole year I've missed only one day at work. Sure. And um, I don't, I don't, um, I haven't missed, I, I mean, it doesn't even come to mind to sort of not go to work. It doesn't come to mind. And the reason it doesn't come to mind is that I don't need um, motivation to tell me to go to work because I have to be there. Okay. It's like when we're in university and then there are times you just sit on a bed and you feel like, oh, Charlie, today they Charlie, today they make your class, make your class back home. <laughs> yes, because, but then after university and then this is real work, you feel, now, it's not motivation that takes you to work every morning. No. 
I don't remember the last time you went to work. I mean, smiling from your home to workplace. Whether you cry or smile, you still go to work. So I think that is what we have to um, actually implement in in um, with this second point, and then get rid of the motivational myth. Motivational myth. And then the the last myth is a little bit abstract, but abstract as compared to the the, the first and the second. But it's the myth of uh, multitasking. This has to do a little bit of science. So. The science guys will understand this better, but maybe I'll break it down so that all of us can actually um, understand. And then the, the third myth is the multitasking myth. Multitasking. It's a mouthful. Multi, multitasking myth. Where we think we need to do like six things together. And when I mean multitasking, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't mean the same line of work. Um, um, six different ways. Uh, I, I don't mean like, like cooking uh-huh, and a difference then. Singing, listening to music. Mm-hmm. All at the same time. Sure. So, what um, science actually proves is that we we all have attention um, deficiency, as a attention deficiency in a point that okay. we are tempted to focus on things that makes us happier. So, recording this podcast, having this live session on, on the podcast, I might rather enjoy this podcast as compared to if I wanted to, let's say, um, play a video game. Okay. You realize that you actually lose focus on one because it's, it's with all of us. Our brains are tricked to like things that gives us more fun as compared to things that yeah. takes our mind off and all of that. Uh-huh. So there's a myth that people think, oh, if I can play it, a video game and do a podcast at the same time, I mean, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun, but then you might end up doing one thing over the other and then making sure not getting the best out of both of them. So what is actually... um. What, what, what people actually prefer or what some productivity gurus, Tiago Fortes and all of them prefer is that concentrate on one thing and because of the fun aspect in it, you would finish on time and then switch to the next one. Okay. Sure. So the myth of multitasking is also um, one thing. So with the myth aspects, you've done the, the time myth where we think we don't have time. And I was saying that just let's all track our time for a week and see the number of times that we have in that week that we can learn something. And then we did a motivational myth and then we've done the multitasking myth. I don't know if there's any question. If there's, there isn't, I, I think I want to move to the laws of productivity. Oh, okay. So, you've learned three major things this evening. Then, we're going to track our time. We're going to prioritize things. Then, we're going to do the most important thing First, okay, which is the third myth of productivity. Okay, okay, so we move to our next um, our next point or our next chapter. Our next chapter, yeah, sure. So, once one thing we this is um, this is like the real stuff, and then we want to talk about the loss of productivity. So, I wanted to do three myths, three. Um, loss and I'll do three powers of productivity. Actually, it's supposed to be five, 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 but because of time, I want to do three, three, three. And then the three laws of productivity, the first one is the Parkinson's law. I know this is a law that we all know. And it was, it was coined by Alfred Parkinson in 1952. Believe it or not, 1952, people are still writing articles in 1952. And then um, what this law says is that work expands to fill the amount of time allocated to it. I don't know whether you come across this law before. The Parkinson's law. This work expands to fill the amount of time that you allocate to it. Yeah. And then um, this this law is as a result of 
Alfred, Alfred realized that in the army, people took years to actually do things. And then that, that, that was because that was the time that was allocated to, to the, the things that they had to actually do. Uh-huh. So um, that's how this law actually came about. And then the typical scenario that I want to create is how we, those of us who were like me, uh, um, when you give us assignment, you don't work on the assignment until it's like two hours to deadline. Yeah. I don't know whether you were you 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 were like me. If I have an assignment, if I even and I even if I have two years to work on, just draw a line. I would wait till the deadline to actually draw the line and submit. Yeah. Okay, sure. So that's with um the Parkinson's law. Because most of the times we feel like um because we have to do our washing on weekends. Mm-hmm. We don't do it until it's weekend. It doesn't matter. There could be five holidays before the weekend. We will still wait till weekends before we do. So sure. we do our washing. Yeah. And then Apagasin is saying that because it's in your mind that you have seven days to record this podcast and deliver it. Let's say I have seven days to upload a new podcast every. I mean, I have every seven days to upload upload a new podcast. I wait till seven days to do it. Well, what Parkinson is saying that because I think I have seven days to do it, I'll only wait till the seven days to do it. He actually suggested that we should give ourselves artificial deadlines. So let's say, for instance, I shoot a wedding and then the person says, oh, Ben, I, um, I think I'll go for honeymoon on for two weeks. So which, what rings in my mind, oh, I have two weeks to edit, edit the pictures. But in effect, if I can give myself three days as a deadline to edit the pictures, I'll be more productive and I wouldn't have to actually sit down to the last day where I wouldn't have lights or I wouldn't um, have my computer with me to edit the pictures and I'll be in a rush. So work actually expands to fill the amount of time that we have. So that is with, that is with um, Parkinson's law. So the actual tool that we have to get hold of this law is that let's give ourselves artificial deadline and then if you talk about productivity for me i think parkinson's law is all about productivity not waiting for the deadlines that you have not waiting for seven days to upload a podcast i mean yeah i'll I'll upload it on the seventh day but maybe i could have finished um i could finish editing the podcast on day two and then i could use that number of days to actually um plan on show notes plan on um, directories and all of that. So I think that is all about um, the Parkinson's law. And the second law of productivity is Pareto law. And Pareto law also states that in all that we do every day, 80% of the larger chunk of what we do is controlled by the 20% of what we actually do. I don't know whether I'm making sense. If we do, if we are able to read a whole farm, the reading the hardest place, the hardest grounds, read those parts. It gives us the encouragement to actually read the whole land. It's more like having a study for an exam. What, what, and what I usually did on campus, I'll just read the most difficult topics. And whenever I, I was done reading the difficult topics and I understand them, sometimes I just brush over the rest of the topics and then I'll just, I'll just be done with So that is with Pareto's, Pareto's Law Pareto's law of productivity is that 80% of the things that we do are controlled by the 20% of what we actually do. And then this law is actually um, because of how in Italy, in, I think in the 1900s, most of their lands was controlled by the 20% of people in the country. So 20 pe- 20% people had 
that chunk of land. I mean, today we, the the whole land is controlled by about two percent of the people in the country. So, but then in those days, it was twenty percent that controlled the eighty percent of the, the the things in the country. So, Pareto says that if you have to, let's say, read a whole book for exams, don't start with the most difficult ones. If you are reading mathematics, don't start with Venn diagrams. Start with the uh, the most difficult ones. Start start with the um, the dynamics and then the those difficult ones because you realize that your brain after studying all those huge ones the things that you think are huge your brain automatically gives you the space to actually put in the ones that you think are less i mean less difficult and then you'll be able to do a whole lot of um, things than you usually would and then one um, assignment i want to leave with the Pareto, Pareto law is that just in just after the show, or maybe maybe within the show, just something that you'd want to do, something that you want to do, find it. If it's, um, if it's um, I don't know, if it's a chore that you want to do, just find it. And look, look, look out for the most difficult ones, the most difficult ones that you have to do. Do them. Then you realize that after doing the difficult ones, the smaller ones, you can just finish through without even thinking. Yeah, without okay. even thinking. Yeah, and then a particular scenario that I wanted to give under this law was how photographers actually edit their pictures. Mm-hmm. I think um, this would actually give us an insight. How photographers edit their pictures. You realize that after taking a picture, you know, people shoot like 700, 800 pictures, and they would sit down and edit all of them. And then this is how I do it with mine. I just star all the pictures. So let's say I have five hundred pictures. I just pick out for all the all the pictures that I have that I think are nice. I'll just give them a five star, five star, five star, five star. So I'll just give them a star based on how nice the picture is. So I realized that when I go to pictures with five stars, automatically about 150 pictures are going to come. And I'm going to trick my brain to, oh, let me just finish this 150 and go and sleep. I realized that after finishing the 150, the thing becomes so enjoyable to the point, oh, I want to then do the four star. But then if I look, if I had looked at all the 800 pictures, I wouldn't be able to edit them because I think, oh, Charlie, this, 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 this is a whole lot. And I have to sleep and I have to go to work the next day and all of that. So I just look at just the five-star ratings of the pictures. And I sometimes have like 70, 80 pictures of, of pictures that are five-star. So when, when I finish with the five-star pictures, then by then I would be so zooming into the editing process that I, I feel like, oh, I can just go ahead and do the first time. So before I realize, I don't even see the 800, before I realize I'm done editing all the pictures and I just export them and I send them. So that is where the Pareto principle, I don't know, you wanted to say something. Then the third one is a very, um, a very funny one, yet um, very, I don't know whether you remember Newton's first law of motion. I usually don't, but I just, I just remember the essence of the Newton's first law of motion. And then the Newton's first law of motion just says, um, an object will remain at rest unless acted on by an external force. Okay. Yeah. So an object would, let's say, um, if, we, if we sit in a car and we are moving, we would all be at the same posture we are sitting in the car. So let's say there's a sudden break by the, by the driver. That's why we, that's why we stand as inertia. So it's, it's like that. We would, uh, it's like giving, tickling someone. It's like tickling someone. The person just standing there and you tickle them and all of a sudden the person starts to shake. So that's um, Newton's first law, which is an, an object would actually be at rest or would, be, or would be at a constant velocity until acted on by an external 
an external force. And then that is the same idea that I want to actually chip in into um, this point. And then what this one actually means is that sometimes we struggle to do something. I mean, for the first, there's this popular um, thing that the first part of everything is difficult. So if, I want to, if you want to build a house, you start with one block. And it's difficult. It's difficult seeing the whole house from one block. But then the moment you start doing it, you realize that you get into this flow state that you don't want to stop. It's like those who actually um, design or draw people, draw portraits of people. Sometimes you look at the canvas, it's a blank canvas, and you need to fill the whole canvas with an image. Okay. Yeah. So you need to actually start. So that is what Newton actually, the law we can use, like in Newton's law, that until you start to do something, you would just be at a constant velocity. You're either taking one step at a time, one step at a time, and then until something external comes to hit you. Sure. So once we start doing something, this is more like, I don't want it to be like an advice, but once we start doing something, mm-hmm. we would be at a constant velocity or we just be at a constant rate till we decide not to do it again. I want to use the story. Of, I want to use the story of the, pod, the podcast once again. When we, when I started this, now I thought it was going to be oh, just talking on Thursdays and just laughing and then just giving our books and just talking. And I realized that when I started the podcast, when I started this live cast, um, I realized that oh, I could turn into a podcast because I I love I was into podcasts. I love listening to people's ideas, and then I love and then I love using the earphones in my ears all the time. So I might as well just listen to something. And by listening to something, I adopted listen to podcasts. So I started with Mark Develi, and then I went on to Louis House, and went to Ali Abda and his brother. And I realized, that, okay, fine, that's how they record their podcast. But with them, their podcast is more like um, they're in a room, you don't know what's going on. Before you realize, they upload a whole new topic and you have to listen from the scratch. But I thought, that, okay, fine, let me um, get people to listen to me or listen to my guests listen to all of us share ideas if they have a question they can ask the question so that we can have a more refined podcast because um okay. i don't know those of us that listen to the podcast they realize that if you have a question we put the question in the podcast we don't take the questions out so in case someone listens and the person wasn't able to join the live cast they have um, a, a genuine question from um a listener that has been addressed. It could be a question they had wanted to ask. And then I had converted it to a podcast. And then when I started, it was just Google Podcast and Anchor, just the two of them. Because in Ghana, we don't use Spotify. And then my friends would just call me and say, oh, Jack, the podcast on Spotify is cool. But in Ghana, we don't use Spotify. So it was just Google Podcast and um, an Anchor. Then, and then Anchor to is a directory. People can't go to Anchor all the time and listen. And then over time, I started to switch it up to Overcast. And now we have more than, and now we have more than 30, 30 podcast directories that you can find that you want to show. So it's just about the same thing. Once you start doing things, you would be at a constant velocity or at a constant speed until you decide not to actually do it. So that is, so this is where the, um, the three laws of productivity. And with the last one, I also want to say that if there's something that you had wanted to do, Whatever it is that you actually want to do, start now. Because you just be at a constant velocity so you decide not to stop. And the ideas will keep coming. Ideas will keep coming. What you do today will give you the idea for next day. 
I can't, I can't, um, I can't imagine the number of ideas I've, I've talked about with my producer and that we've not even tackled yet. And then it's all because of what we did that is giving us a chance to do another thing. Yeah. So we talked about um, myth of productivity. Now we are, we've, we've done a little bit on the loss of productivity. I so on the loss of productivity, okay. we've learned today that we have to give ourselves artificial deadline. Sure, with the Parkinson's yeah. law. Yeah, yeah, and the second one, we have to tackle difficult stuff. And then yeah, it gives yeah. us um, exactly difficult stuff. And it gives us the joy to do the smaller, smaller attacks. Sure. And the third one is you have to start for the my morale thing. Sure, sure, your morale thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you want to start for your morale thing to to come um, in. Yeah. Sure. But then we want to tackle power, powers of productivity. And so with the powers of productivity, I had five. So I want to merge them to three. So that we, powers of productivity. Okay. So that we can have hat tricks of three, three things to talk about. We've done three myths, three laws, and then we can do three powers of productivity. So the first power, power of productivity was what we talked about last week. That is the power of habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, don't know, I don't know if we're able to go through the book we had last week on the book club. Atomic Habits. Most of us too didn't get the book. Maybe you had a book on um, on the social media page. But we actually were taxed to read Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's, it's serious. It's serious. Ah. With, in the book, James Clear says that what we decide to actually put in our minds every day is going to be a habit, as we all know. So if we decide to be productive, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be um, a habit for all of us. Okay. Sure. So it's the habit that makes you productive. So make, make you a productive person, sorry. So if you decide to, let's say, sit down every morning as a pilot and then plan your day, plan your day, put in the contingencies, put in the time you want to spend with your kids, put everything in and then be play the parts of the airplane in the day and also be the engineer at some point by finding things that would make you effective at the end of the day you, are, you have the ultimate power of productivity and then you're going to have the ultimate power of productivity so please if you haven't read um atomic habit by james clear i suggest you read this book it's one of the books that's that's changed my life like literally changed my life and the book you're going to have today on the show those books have actually changed my life so the power of habits that's the 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 first power of productivity and the second power of productivity is the power of productive downtime the power of productive downtime and i think this is how um, productivity is actually judged because at every point in the day let's say you have a nine-to-five job now you're not busy at every time between the nine-to-five i don't think people are busy every time from nine-to-five you're actually going to die in two years so during that during those times there are things that maybe you could do things that you actually could do within those times. And then that is how you can have a productive downtime. So in those downtimes, maybe it's not just looking through Facebook for two hours. Maybe you could do Facebook for 30 minutes. I mean, if Facebook is, is, is actually your thing, you can do Facebook for 30 minutes. And use the one at 30 minutes, so let's say you read a book. Let's say um, watch a video on how to um, so a bonnet or whatever so a, a shirt or whatever it is that you you're actually into so the power of productive downtime with the text that we were given that um actually to track your track your your 
time in a week. You would see that there are times that you do stuff that you actually haven't planned for. Like for instance, sometimes I go through um, YouTube for like far hours in a day. And I have, I have this app on my phone that shows me the number of times I've been to every, every application on my phone. And sometimes you go through the app and you realize that I've been, I've been on Facebook like um, 17 hours in a week. And what, what would I, and sometimes even if you ask me what I did on Facebook, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what I did on Facebook for that, for that 17, for that 17 hours. So I think with productive downtime, I wouldn't cut you off what you, but what makes you um, a, a fun person. I mean, maybe you are a person that likes to actually post that much on Facebook. I won't stop you from doing it, but then after posting, there are things that we scroll on Facebook that maybe under normal circumstances, if we had a broader picture, we wouldn't actually scroll in there to do. So we can actually put those times together and actually do something. Maybe it's reading a book. People tell me, oh, Ben, I'm not able to read the book. I just drew three, four pages and I'm done. But you realize that if you have to take their phones and go through how many times they've been on Instagram and what they did there, they won't be able to tell you so many times what, what they actually did there. Yeah. So I think we need to have um, a productive downtime. A productive downtime. Something that you do when you're not doing anything. And maybe you're stuck at work. You can't actually um, cook. You can't actually do anything just have something that you can do that is more productive let's say watching a tutorial not just um about watching tyler perry's new series but you can, you can watch a tutorial on, let's say makeup my producer is into makeup so you can watch a tutorial about makeup while she has that 30 minutes break time and then it's going to be a productive thing she might learn one or two things that would help her in her next makeup thing and the last thing I want to talk about on powers of productivity is the power of productive procrastination. The power of productive procrastination. And what um, in this is a, is a novel thing to me. This is actually a novel thing to me. I just started it like a couple of months ago. I think after I locked down. And then it's helped me. I wouldn't say it helped me so much, but I think I've gotten some snippets or snippets from it. This is when I have to do something and I feel like, oh, Jack, I'm tired. I'm not able to do it. I switch to something that is more, that is also productive. And maybe I, would, I wouldn't have thought, have thought of, let's say, um, editing a video for someone. Maybe I wanted to like um, sit down and then draft how the next episode is going to be. But I feel like, oh, Jack, my brain means to me and show news anyway. What I do is, okay, fine. I switch to, I switch to um, editing a video. So before I'm done wasting that two hours, instead of going to Facebook and do, I could have edited a video. Let's say I would have, I could have done five cuts on the videos. Now I can now join to actually form a video. So productive procrastination. Instead of doing something that you have planned to do, where you feel like, oh my, you are not so much into it, and then you want to sit down and relax. Maybe you could just switch to, um, let's say, sweeping your room or cleaning your room or listening to music. Mm -hmm. And then it's, those things are what is going to make us productive over some time. Because let's not forget that last week, our speaker, our guest shared with us that things we do over a period of time, that is what is going to make us, or, that, or that's, one, that's what's going to control most of what we do in sure. our life. So that is um, also the three things about powers of productivity. The first thing is the power of our habits, yeah. how we can make productivity our habit. And the second is the power of productive downtime, where if you don't have anything to do while in our productive time, whether we are in school, whether we are at work, we can use those few minutes to actually do something more 
and something that's going to end us end up being uh, making us um, productive. And the last one we talked about is um, the power of productive procrastination. And one thing I think I left out to the power of productive procrastination is that sometimes um, we hesitate to do something because it's a whole lot of engagement for us. As if, for instance, recording this podcast, I started, I started doing the podcast setup with Nanaya in the morning. Okay. We did. We arranged this whole table because it's the first time we're having an in-person discussion. So um, we decided, okay, fine, we are going to set up the table. And so because I already set up the table, when I come back in the evening and I'm so tired, I feel like, oh, I just, all I have to do is just sit down and then start start talking. And then it's it's gonna it's going to help me because so you realize when I came back I I I just changed my shoes and I'm and I'm down talking because I there's no friction. But then sometimes if I have to come and arrange all these things again, maybe maybe you might not have a podcast today because sure. it's going to be like a hard work for me. Yeah. And then on a negative side too, it also this also plays the key. For instance, maybe you are so you are fond of playing um, PlayStation all the time. Maybe you come from work, you're playing PlayStation. You wake up in the morning, you're playing PlayStation. I think what we can do to help you be productive, especially in the area of PlayStation, I'm not saying don't play because I love playing PlayStation. Uh, I, I, if I had the money, I would, I would order for a PlayStation 5 right now. So I, it's not a, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that if you find yourself doing much of all those things, maybe you should just disconnect the PlayStation and put it in a cupboard or in a drawer or in your locker or something. Because you, because you need to take the PlayStation out fix the cables, fix it to a TV, do all of this. You are likely to not to do it and switch to doing something else. Like, especially, and one other thing also with our phones in the evening, you realize that sometimes you want to sleep, you have actually told everyone that you're going to sleep, but you end up being in your bed for like two hours, scrolling on your phone, like scrolling, 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 listening to the new Tracy Watch stuff in town. <laughs> and then before you realize this, two hours of doing nothing, you not sleeping, you not doing anything. So what I normally do is I keep the phone at the hall and I go to sleep. Now I don't have because the phone is not with me, I automatically go to sleep. Okay. And because I don't have the phone with me early in the morning, it's possible I'll just wake up in the morning and go to the gym and not having to sort of walk through the go through the phone for two hours before you realize it's almost like eight o'clock that you have to go to work. So I think that is what that's one other area with um um productive procrastination. Sure. To 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 wrap up, we actually um talked about the loss of productivity. We talked about the productivity equation where we said productivity is equal to useful output over time. And that is how productivity is defined. But then I wanted to chip in the fun factor, which will be what I'm going to talk about next. And then we talked about how at various days, our various times in the day, we can play three roles at a time. The first one being the role of a pilot, where we can sit down and actually plan um, what we are to do in a day, how many things, how many hours we can we decided to do for something. And then at at some point, at some point, we can also um, play the role of the airplane, where we are putting what we actually planned in the pilot role to, to we are actually putting it to into um I don't know how to put it. like we are actually doing it. And then the last one was the role of the engineer, where to our own benefit we can find 
certain things or certain hacks that will make us remember all the, like for instance having a to-do list and making sure that oh because i wanted to go to the market at three o'clock and i might forget let me put it in my to-do list and put a reminder alert on it so when it's 2 45 your phone starts ringing and telling you hey you said you go to the uh, bang or you go to the market at three o'clock so that is also the role of the of the engineer we talked about how productivity came about and we also talked about three methods of productivity where sure. we talked about the myth of um, the time myth we also talked about the motivation myth and we talked about the multitasking myth we want to talk about if we've talked about the laws of productivity we've talked about three major laws one is parkinson's law saying that because of the number because of the duration we have to accomplish a particular tax we are likely to span and then wait procrastinate till the time is due so to actually make sure we are not um falling prey to um the being unproductive in and doing nothing we need to actually give ourselves artificial deadlines so if sure. so if you have seven days to accomplish that tell yourself that you're going to give yourself three three days to accomplish it and then you 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 might get lucky and finish this in three days. It's not like a concrete finishing in three days. Um, and and I don't know whether I talked about Peter Thiel's concept about looking at how you wanted to grow in the next ten years, next ten years, and infusing it into. He he says that look what you want to do in the next ten years. Have a sheet and write them down, then try implementing all those things whether to do in 10 years in six months and see you might even get lucky you might finish it in six months and then you wouldn't have to wait for 10 years and then also it comes at the point that if it doesn't involve getting married and i mean i mean giving giving birth because of course giving birth takes more than six months but then the things that you think you can do in your business try listing them down and try achieving them in six months. You might get lucky. If you don't if you don't get it done in six months, you might get it done in two years. And now you don't have to wait for all the all the way to 10 years to actually get to that goal. We talked about a Pareto law that says that if you want to accomplish a tax, do the difficult ones. That is most likely yeah. to be like 20% of the whole work. And then once you are done doing the most difficult ones, you realize that it takes small time to finish the other ones and we talked about newton's law of motion and, it, and then i said that starting everything is very difficult but then if you're able to get your head around it to actually start it's going to help you in the long run and then sure. if you don't get um set off by anything you might end up doing it forever we, we, we talked about the story of this podcast how now we are going to multiple directories we talked about the powers of productivity where the first one was the power of habit we talked about this one last week mm-hmm. the power of habits and then we talked about power of productive downtime i mean in those times in areas where okay, so we, we don't do anything okay sure game yeah. is on the line okay okay good evening I have a question. Okay. Okay. And my question is: uh, We have been told and we have learned about temperament. I wanted to find out whether some temperament uh, or some people, they, they, because of their temperament, they are more productive than the other. And one other thing is that what what will make someone more productive? Does the person need a, a special skills, a special training before he can be more productive in his or her dealings? Okay. Thank you. Emma, thank you for your question. Okay, sure. So um, 
Okay, my first question was temperament yeah. and how temperament affects productivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people that are more outgoing, it's it's sometimes more easier for them to have setups. I mean, establishing a business. If you are more outgoing, it's difficult, it's more um because they are more likely to make friends and then on make friends at every point in time. They don't care, they just find a business and do it. If it works fine, if it doesn't work fine, they don't care. So I think um the people that are more outgoing are more likely to be more productive than those who are not out more outgoing. Like me, for instance, because it takes a lot of thinking for me to actually do something. So um by it takes me seven days to actually post one podcast and then make sure there's no sound deficiencies and make sure the sound is clear and all. Uh, someone who's more outgoing would have posted three podcasts and he doesn't care what you he doesn't care what you, if you say the sound is not fine he thinks okay fine I'm going so I don't care so I think people who are more outgoing because of how they are they are more likely to actually um, be more productive than those who are not and one other thing what makes someone more productive I think um, productivity more like has to do with mindset so um, no one is born a product, a more productive person than the other. It's what's in your mind. That's why, tem- that's why I believe temperament actually has to do with a little bit of who you are and more of, more of what's in your mind. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying that um, people who are, who are more outgoing are able to run setups. You don't care whether it goes down or not. They're going to do it anyway. It's a risk. If it works fine, if it doesn't, you try again. So I think what makes someone more productive coming to this question is, um, the fact that it's in the person's mind um, about clearing this method that we talked about. So it has to be in your mind that you you are going to do it at the end of the day. So you might as well just start right now. Sure. As I said last time, you're going to do it in the end of, at the end of the day. So um, now I want you actually make sure that this six hours, let's say a week, I, I don't get a chance to wake up early. So I feel like, oh, I, I woke up around 10. But then what, what can I do two hours if you can sit down and plan what you can do with two hours, I think it's in your mind. Someone thinks, oh, it's just it's, uh, it's just left with two hours, so I might as well just do everything, what I can do. But someone also thinks, okay, it's two hours, let me sit down, let me use 10 minutes to figure out what I'm going to do in the two hours. And then the person just okay. go like an aeroplane. So I think it's in your mind. Just sit down, plan what you want to do. And then, so that's where the theory of the plane and the aeroplane comes in. Plan, okay, sit down, so- plan what you want to do, and then move on. So I have another question for you. Okay. How does personality influence productivity? Okay, so I think um, it falls onto to what I actually said, temperament okay. stuff. So who you are and how productive you can be. Yeah. But then let's 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 not also um forget that it doesn't matter whether you are sanguine, whether you're choleric, whether you are whatever it is, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you are, just put it in your mind that you want to be productive. You want to start somewhere. No one, even Thiago Fortes, who's like my all-time favorite productivity guru, I know he started from somewhere. Maybe I don't know where he started from, but he started from somewhere. He okay. he did something. Maybe he might have just lifted a five kg of 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 weight, and maybe today he can lift, I mean, four hundred kg of weight. So it takes psych your mind that you can do it, and then start doing it. You might sure. end up missing one or two steps, but hey. Who says you need to take all those steps before you can actually be a, a productive Okay, person. so you have some few minutes to wrap up and then 
going to give us your last words okay sure activity. okay um in my last my my closing remarks before my closing remark comes in i want to say that on touch like one minute on the fun factor um i feel like anything that you want to do just recognize a little bit of fun around it and then it makes it very easier for you to do so for instance um recording this live section on on on, on podcast i feel like one thing I like about this um, this whole thing is the fact that I get to wear my hats, my 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 cowboy my cowboy hats, and I put the airport, the earphones around my 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 ears, and it has this light buzzing around it. And I'll be able, and I, and I will take a picture of me and I'll put it on Instagram. So it gives me the opportunity to actually do it every Thursday, and I feel like oh oh now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Mario all all again every Thursday. So just a fun part around it. And even though I'm doing the actual work, I'm doing it and I'm also having fun alongside. So if it's studying that you want to study, I think maybe you should actually have a way to where you can study. I'm way back on campus. I would have these earphones. Earphones has been my friend for, for that long time. I have these earphones. I'll just be playing songs that I can't sing. And because I can't sing those songs, it doesn't take my mind off studying. Because at the end of the day, sometimes it's just a French song and I don't know a word about French. So it's like something is just playing in my ears and I'm just studying because I can't focus on the music because I don't know the lyrics of the song. And I get to also, and I get to also look like a, a daddy B because I have AirPods, uh, I have a earphones, a big earphones on my ears and all of that. So I think anything that you do, just recognize some fun around it some fun around it. People do photography because, oh, they get a chance to dance at weddings. And then, oh, so they are waiting for that small part where they take a picture of the bride kissing the groom. Oh, that's what I want. And at the end of the day, you realize that you do the whole program, but then it's because you are more excited about that part. You don't feel bored. Actually, that is about productivity. Let's, let's decide to actually be productive in anything that we do. Let's give ourselves some deadlines and then be able to be productive at the end of the day and then i also see that starting everything is very difficult but then just like newton's first law of motion let's set ourselves to do it even if you have to cry while doing it let's do it because when we start that same thing that we are doing would give us the edge not to stop so that is um with my last of productivity i can i think i feel like i've gone through the breakdown already so i, I don't have to so that is it for this week's episode. I hope you got much value from it as we did here. If you did, kindly leave us a five-star rating everywhere you get your podcast. It helps the show get to more people as possible. And also follow us on any of our social media pages at the two on the show. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.